familiar sound. You've heard it. You've heard it on some of your favorite pop sounds. Uh, songs in the world. I believe Madonna used this keyboard. Um, a lot of famous people have. This was used all through the Duran Duran album. I think uh, this was used on the Violator album by Depeche Mode. It's the CTK 611 Casio keyboard. And today we have guest Nick Lensmeyer. So again, I tell you, welcome to the Clifford Nikorski Show. I hope you're having a fun time already. I can imagine you over there. I'm chuckling to myself, just imagining you having a good time, yeah, going maybe. about your day. What do you think, Nick? What can you see him doing? Oh, I, I see them doing a little uh, soft shoe on the on the carpet, you know? Oh, like the husband and wife like dancing with each other because yeah, it's their yeah. favorite show. They don't want to disturb the neighbors, so they're not in the kitchen where there's tile, but they're the in carpet. the living room, so it's carpeted, and they're they're just hanging out, you know? Their little uh, Palms apartment. They love it. They love your show. Well, hi guys. I hope you're easy. <laughs> you almost knocked over the vibes. <laughs> All right, well, let's get settled in. I like to listen to this part of the music. This is like the Sonic the Hedgehog music, and it's my favorite thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, that flute. Nothing like it. Feels like we're going wow. into and out of a tunnel. Welcome. This is a world where anything can happen. Uh, <laughs> okay, here's the deal. I want to talk about some news with you. I saw something this morning, and you know what? Let's get the real party started. Let's get the real party started. Oh. Yeah. Have you rehearsed this, Clifford? No, this is just for you. Wow. This song will be called The Ballad of... Well, I think Nick is a hell of a guy. <laughs> I, think, I think Nick is a hell of a guy. I would like to spend a little more time telling you exactly why Nick is one hell of a guy. <laughs> All right, you uh, sassy gremlins. Here's a, something I just uh, saw today. Um, this woman is trying to sue Delta Airline because one of the employees, as they were taking the tickets, saw, I'm not. I'm going to say what the name is for the end, um, saw this, this young girl's name um, and started laughing about it and asking them, like, Why'd you name her that? And um, and then called over other employees to come have a look and laugh at it, at how weird the name is. And this is all in front of the little girl and her mom. So rude. Oh. Yeah, and it gets even better. The lady she takes a picture of the of the license and she posted it on Facebook. Oh my gosh! And the mother friend saw the post and it got passed over to her wow so uh then she sued yeah <laughs> that's pretty brutal that's horrible it's so far they just issued an apology wow but uh, so that's a lawsuit do you, you want to know the kid's name yeah it was a b c d e oh my 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And she's and what I'm what I noticed when the mother was like, some people are just cruel. People aren't gonna understand everything all the time. And and you know where I believe that is true. You are all you knew what you were doing when you named your kid that. Mm -hmm. You're old enough to have a kid. You're an adult. Yeah. And you pump out this kid, and you go, what am I naming it? And now you've got a decision to make. Mm -hmm. See, I think she was asking for trouble when she named the kid that. Like, I yeah. would be pretty, I would have a good attitude if I named my kid, you know, Jimmy McButtfuck. Yeah. Or something like that. Shitty McButtfuck, that's my son. And if anyone, like, snickered, i get angry. Yeah. And, I think that's the parental equivalent of stepping out into the middle of traffic and expecting not to get hit by a car or acting surprised when you do and then suing whoever hits you. Yeah, like you can't just run across the freeway. Yeah. <laughs> and expect not to get hit. Yeah. So, I want to know, what would Alan Alda do if he was the judge? What would his verdict be? Well, uh, you know, I think there's so many different things we could do in this situation, but uh, if I'm adjudicating what this kid is going to have to do, I think, is uh, do hard time. I think the child herself should have <laughs> to serve pri a prison sentence. I don't know how old she, <laughs> I don't know how old she is, but I think uh, she is as culpable as any for not having uh, tried to run away from her home. I mean, any good-natured kid <laughs> runs away from home regardless. Uh, my little sister, Lauren, ran away from home when she was four. <laughs> and that's a perfectly fine name. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's on the kit, that's for sure. I don't know, Your Honor. It seems like maybe it should be only the parent and possibly the woman who worked at Delta and not even, like, leave the kid and Delta out of it. What do you think? Well, I, I think in today's enlightened society where, where uh, kids are... Well, the source of major entertainment on and TikTok, they have more responsibility than ever before. So uh, I think it's actually the child's fault, first and foremost. Wow. Okay, you know what? You heard the verdict. So if you were listening to us talk about this and you formed your own opinion, cancel it out. This is the verdict. And now you have to live with it, okay? And if there's any other topics like this, we're going to take them to... Judge Alda, and we'll have them sort this out immediately. Thank yes. you, Judge Alda. Absolutely. <sighs> Nick, man, thank you so much for getting Alda out here. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I realize that uh, sometimes I get, like, uh, excited about myself, and I, I, <laughs> I do, like, Carson instead of Alda, and, like, I fuck up. Like, uh, something else It's hard to out. do them side by side. Oh, yeah. But sometimes it's like, uh, I feel like my voice is like a pasta compress you know where you put in the dough and you squeeze out spaghetti a new or like a, almost like a gumbo yeah absolutely like a delicious down home delta gumbo <laughs> speaking of delta <laughs> Mississippi yeah, yeah. Delta, maybe you never like you could tell this is classic blues yeah like uh, classic new orleans Jazz music. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm there. I can smell the fish. <laughs> Let's see what kind of blues we can get. Do you like the blues? Yeah. Tell us a little story while I look for the blues. Mm -hmm. I just want you to tell me a, a, an interesting story that's happened to you hmm. recently. Um, well, 
Uh, I was, I'll say this. I was going for a little hike on Sunday up in uh, like Altadena, Pasadena area. Ooh. And it, it was a spot I had never been to before. I found it on the uh, app All Trails, which I like to check out for just hundreds of trails within L.A. County. And uh, it was only about a 30-minute drive from Koreatown where I live. But I get up there, and it, I, I figure it's going to be a very busy trail because it has lots of ratings, super well-rated. But I was one of maybe three or four people on it in uh, over an hour. And it was just a lovely, lovely uh, place. I ended up seeing and hearing some birds. I had my headphones in at first, but they cut out for a second. And it's just a beautiful, happy accident of... You know, getting exposed to all the birds and everything. That's and, wonderful. Yeah, I thought of my, think of my grandma when I uh, am out in nature. She died a few years ago, but my last grandparent. But uh, this is uh, more like a, like a Hallmark movie, not, that was, not a real good story. That was beautiful. Now I gotta ask you something. A lot of these guys on the trail, they turn into real horn dogs. Oh yeah. Are you out there checking out butts and stuff? No, I. You uh, seem like a mild man. Like you go along with your business. You yeah. have other plans. You're not there for the butts. Yeah, I guess among uh, you know, I have jokes about being homophobic and also gay. But uh, I, I would say you know I'm gay, but I I, I don't know. I just. I try not to be uh, a silly goose. A silly a goose. I try not to be a horn dog. I try not to be <laughs> impulsive, you know, because I think, frankly, there are certain people in this world of all persuasions, ilks. of all orientations. Ilk? Yeah, ilks is a good. What's word. ilk mean? It's like a a tribe, I guess. I think. Okay. But anyway, uh, I just think you know these people who have like uh, voyeuristic sex outside. I don't think that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, I didn't. You know what's so funny is I forgot that that is a thing. Yeah. That 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 gay men do. They go into Some the woods. That's like a thing. Do just people do it, or is this a gay thing? I I, I think it's probably like way skewed toward gay people. Well, because you had right. There was no. Oh, where yeah, else are you yeah, hanging sure, out? Where else day. you? Yeah. It would have cost you your life in the fifties. That's right. There's a even up to the not too long even. Yeah, even uh, in uh, Europe, you know, which we look at as the paragon of uh, progressive, you know, gender stuff and sexuality stuff, there's a movie, Tom of Finland, which is not a terrific movie, but it's about that cartoonist from Finland who was, like, doing all the gay cartoons, and back 60, 70 years ago, you know, they would go out in the woods, and it was the only way they could find uh, other guys, otherwise they'd get arrested, but nowadays it's really... Just for the hikes. The yeah. birds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I just had to finish that sentence. Absolutely. I didn't think that's what you were going to say. No. But it's for all people. Yeah. All people are fucking in the hiking trails. Maybe. I don't know. I, that, I know that it, it was... The woods used to be where you went for a little alone time. A yeah. little, there was no internet. So a lot of times, I, I, I know that the kids back in the day would hide porn in the woods and there would be like a porn stash and like dudes That's... dudes would go out there and be like oh check this out and see boobs for the first time like oh my brother said there's a porn stash over here yeah and you'd all go over there and be like it's supposed to be right here and then you'd pour out pull out some crappy 80s yeah. wet porn yeah Good old days. No, I just mean when you're just out and about, you're on a hike. Yeah. I mean, just casually, like for your own pleasure. 
You seem like you're more distracted by the nature. Yeah, I'm That's more good. into the nature. Yeah, me I, too. I, I get very immersed into it. You know, I in Japan they call it forest bathing, where you're just like taking it all in, you're breathing it all in. The sounds. I don't know how deliberately they do it, but I just yeah, uh, I feel my blood pressure lowering, my anxiety lowering, and especially like after I get home and I've stretched and showered. Get all the dirt off. I feel so content after a good hike. Oh, yeah, you worked off all that energy. Yep. I think a big thing for me is I gotta burn off that nervous energy. Yeah, yeah. I do too. Otherwise, I don't. I can't imagine how anyone could stay sober. Yeah. Or like not do crazy things. Yeah. I, yeah, I think with a good amount of exercise is good for everyone. Yeah, for keeps sure. you out of trouble because you end up doing something with that energy. That's true. Even if it's just like you sit there and you're. You're, you're watching porn, and then you're just doing that business too much. You're doing something with the energy, and it just drains you. Right. Yeah. And some meditation in a peaceful place. Soaking in a banana tree always works for me. Yeah. Um, well, I do you have any big plans coming up for the future? Do you feel like you can make plans for the future? In terms of uh, just like life and traveling, just life. Like, what does life feel like for you? Because like right now, I'll give you an example. Yeah. Right now, I kind of feel like I'm just discovering everything as I go. Like I'm working really hard, and I have my eyes set on some goals, mm -hmm. but I really, it's like, it's all like invisible stuff that I'm talking. You know, I can't like go down to the factory. <laughs> Right. Pump out some stuff, have a product, and then go sell that product. It's like, how'd that conversation go after the show? How did, you know, like, yeah. things like that. It's like a bunch of invisible things. You don't really know who the guy is. At least if there's a company you really care to be a part of, you can, like, do your research and yeah. start on the ground floor knowing there's a chance to move forward. But, I don't know, everything I feel like I'm doing feels like... I just have to wait for lightning to strike or the magic person to find out. I I just keep working. Sure. And letting people know that I'm working. I just finished this audio book over the weekend called uh, Fooled by Randomness that was published about 20 years ago. It was 2001. This guy, Nassim Nicholas Taleb. And he actually uh, he has uh, a number of books that are kind of in the same vein. But this particular book... Uh, was kind of the beginning of the series and in it he talks about a lot of things related to what you're saying regarding nowadays people a lot of people's work is not a linear progression like you said you go to the factory you pump out some shoes whatever it is the boss notices or you can take that product and show people who are looking for shoes right it's a clear one-to-one -one. you input something you get something out but for an artist I mean, of so many different, and even frankly, researchers, scientists, they can work for decades and not have anything to show for it, and then all of a sudden, boom, everything clicks. That's the life I signed up for a long time ago, yeah. was I just have to keep working at what I'm working on, because mm -hmm. I, I have an infinite c capacity to keep for that what kind of work. Sure. There's a lot of people I get in the studio with. And they're like all gung-ho gung about like, hey, let, can you say, is for some reason gung-ho? I think it's fine. I think it... I don't know why I check with you because I'm so out of touch and you're like the most normal person uh, I know. 
I think it was probably a term from like the uh, I don't know 50s. To me, it sounds almost like an old West term, like they have it's gun not, smoke. But it's not something like I thought it was like gung ho with a G at the end. Like I gotta look it up because ho is kind of. It does sound like it could be like a tested. Vietnam. Fr- I'm worried that it's a Vietnam phrase or us doing oh, like well, a World War Two. Actually, it's from the Second World War from Chinese Gung Hei. Yeah, World War Two. Taken to mean work together and adopted as a slogan by U.S. Marines. Interesting. So that was like something friendly Americans yeah. did. It was an appropriation, the... but it's yeah, like, uh, like we we respect you. Do you believe in appropriation? I think the term is thrown around a lot. Frankly, I don't know what defines appropriation versus just inspiration or admiration. I, I think I know. What is it? It's very simple. It's just um, big dorks <laughs> who are trying to be cool mm-hmm. are appropriating. There's people are appropriating the art culture and creativity culture and uh, uh, just uh, our blending, like chef culture and all of that stuff. Like artists don't sit around and have those conversations. Uh, you know, I've never shown up to a thing like a, like a studio session or at a show and we're all playing and I look over and the guys like got a turban on and we're all like, dude. And, like, the, 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 you know, Middle Easterners, they're not going to be upset. We kind of all blend. It all becomes a big soup when we get together. Yeah. There's something about um, what it truly means to collaborate. Mm-hmm. I'm watching that, um, um, what's the, there's a new fashion show on Amazon Prime with, like, Heidi Klum and Naomi Campbell but it's really interesting because they were just talking about um, collaborating. And yeah. they were picking apart why these people weren't collaborating. And they were looking at the product and going like, I'm seeing too much of this person's pants and this is this person's blazer. And we want you guys to create one pair of pants that represents both of you and th- you know I don't think people understand I don't think I think where we get into trouble is when like you'll see um you'll see like uh Adam Ant come out and look he has like a he has uh his uh headpiece on his like oh, Indian headdress Adam Ant is a 80s group oh, okay. you'll know the songs okay um, but he like came out and it doesn't bother anybody, but people will see something like that. And then like a bunch of hip chicks yeah. will like all wear headdresses Sure. and they're not artists. They don't care why Adam Ant right. is, is mixing that into his world or How his How about that art? walk like an Egyptian thing? Was that? I don't think so. Yeah. Only... Uh, that was Blondie, right? Wait, who did... Yeah, I'm not sure who did it, but it was, uh... Was that it? It's a big phenomenon, I think. Yeah, but, uh, I I don't know. What's so bad about everybody getting excited about something? Yeah. Uh I mean, is there anything wrong about everybody getting excited? I think where, when it's used by common people who don't care about it. That's where I believe it becomes appropriation. People keep going after the artists. Yeah. And I'm going, well, don't 
they're actually in the studio with all the different kinds of people making this together. And, you know, like uh, the Muscle Shoals documentary. Okay. You listen to that music that influenced rock and roll, and you get people saying, like, look at white people are influenced by all this stuff. Sure. And, and then I go, well, the entire band is white. Right. And they're like these cool, like middle-aged white, younger white dudes, mm-hmm. and they're the guys who are helping write the song, putting together the session, like working, like truly working with with her. And there's a beautiful documentary. You see how they collaborate and work, and what they even had to go through to be able to get to the work. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know about appropriation. I think that's more of the people's problem, like the the. The, uh, I don't know. What do you call the people? The pe- the uh, consumers? Yeah. Yeah. If, I'm, I just watched that first episode of the Paul McCartney, Rick Rubin. Oh, I want to see. I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's interesting. It, it, it's kind of meandering. They go in the first episode all the way from their later stuff back to the beginning and then even before when they were kids. And they don't, so far, talk. There's not a whole, I don't think a single black person they show, which is kind of funny because... They're, I don't know, the Beatles pretty much are indebted to a lot of those old blues guys, right? Yeah, because that's what, they were just the white guys doing what everyone else was doing, but they were the only white guys that could do it good. Yeah. Rock and roll is rock and roll. Right now, if I said I like rock and roll, Mm -hmm. someone who listens to Godsmack will go, yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. We're on the same page. Mm -hmm. Back then, there was like, a standard blues chord and like a couple chords and everyone played a song that sounded like Twist and Shout. Right. Everyone played a song, you know, like you I, you listen to that old music and it takes you until you get to the words to be yeah. like, oh, okay, it's that one. Right. Oh no, it's that one. Yeah, yeah. And that's what, you know, that's how music was made back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't, they couldn't just, they did and by, uh, Working with like with them, I I know on this new one, I thought we all knew like it hasn't been a thousand Beatles documentaries. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, it would it would be to me. I don't know if it's damning or not. I don't know if it's just how do we make a documentary that isn't like the exactly like the ten thousand other ones. Yeah, like one comes out every like six years well I think it's for generations you know like this is the new generation oh so they need to know that stuff too because they're not gonna go back and watch all the old old ones that we watch yeah an old grainy one with a box you know yeah and it's got like creepy 90s George Harrison talking and it's like (laughs) you're like oh weird yeah I've only seen I saw that one the uh, George Harrison I like that one yeah the living in a material world Scorsese directing that but beyond that I don't think I've seen a a Beatles doc so it's kind of nice to hear you know, just mainly from Paul. You know, I like, I like the way he shakes his, his shoulders. It's a nice. I, don't, he, I think he's done giving credit to people uh, at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> he, he's pretty much, you know, it's it's all me time. You know, I'm I'm this old <laughs> and I've made it this far, and uh, I have a little bit more looks than Ringo, so I deserve. And it. then John Lennon comes in all nasty. Yeah. But he wrote. Uh, he wrote. Have you read the letter that? John Lennon wrote to him, like, right before he died. No. Before kill was killed. No. Uh, just lick it up when you get a chance. It's such an asshole. Oh, man. 
letter from him and Yoko. And he's writing to Paul and his wife at the time. Yeah. Linda? Or, yeah, Linda McCartney. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that's funny. Because um, for me, I, I was like, I listened to um, Led Zeppelin. Uh-huh. And people are like, oh, yeah, they just totally ripped off blues. And, I'm, and, I, and again, I go, they did the blues. What the blues was, mm-hmm. was singing all those same lyrics. I mean, everybody sang a few. Of, there was just a couple goddamn words to sing. Yep. And you would, they would all shout out each other's lyrics because everyone liked the other songs. So in the end, when the blues really got picking up, you would have a bunch of guys kind of all singing the same kind of songs. Like, everyone loved when you sang. It was like the whole crowd would get crazy if in your song you did, like, you kind of turn it into the other song and he starts right, singing. Right. Oh, a great example that they talk about in the McCartney doc is the three days after Sgt. Pepper's came out, it came out on a Friday in 1967. Everybody in Laurel Canyon was listening to it. You could drive down the street and everybody had blaring. And then on Monday, Jimi Hendrix plays a rendition of Sgt. Pepper's. So everybody was just copying everybody. Yeah, you know, and that's Making just, it their own. Yeah, and that's what you did. Yeah. That's how me... But again, I just get, um, I don't know if I get, I get a little, just annoyed because people have such strong opinions Mm -hmm. and I kind of translate that almost into everything. I go like, what should I really have a strong opinion on and be weighing in? I really only know about a couple things, (laughs) music, some art stuff, some movie stuff, maybe some speak from some life experience, but I agree with you. I mean, I think even what we're doing now, uh, you know, I could sound hypocritical because we're making conversation about it, but so many non-comedians ask me these days, uh, if we get to talking about comedy, they're like, oh, isn't it a minefield out there with, you know, a cancel culture? Can't you talk about nothing these days? And uh, what I like to say to that is basically, I enjoy challenges, and I think nobody's like... If you, if you really look at it, there's an audience for everybody. With yeah. the internet, if you have any talent, if you have anything that resonates with anybody, somewhere they're going to find it if if you already had some success. Now, there are people who are going to always be in obscurity and yeah. will never get out of yeah. it. But when they say people were successful and they were canceled right away, I don't think that really is what's no, happening. It's just no. they're, they're sifting their audience. In the- you have to realize you're not going to be mainstream. We're sending you with Joe Rogan to YouTube podcast land right. and have fun. Like, But we're not going to need you on NBC. Right. Is Are you really canceled because you can't like suck Satan's cock <laughs> in a tower somewhere right. and be told what to... Like, are you that excited to be under someone else's control? Right. Um, yeah, so I don't think you have to really worry about it. Because, like, for me, I go, like, well, I just say whatever I want. It just so happens I don't really come from a... My intentions aren't hateful. My intentions aren't... I don't really have a lot of crazy shit that I need... Feel like I need to get off my chest. I'm... If anything, I just feel bad for my dad, though. (laughs) The whole time. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I morally go home with, is, like... Should I have said that? Is this just well, bad? I mean, I think what you said, hateful. You're wonderful, and we can see your heart when you're doing your stuff. 
And I think it's relatable. Everybody's dad is dysfunctional. If, you, if you're lucky enough to have a dad, yeah, he's dysfunctional. Yeah, some crazy In some happened. way or another, or in a lot of ways <laughs> in others. But uh, I think it, I think it, it's where you're coming from in terms of where your heart is. And people can really sniff that out. And I think I went to Clifford's show last night at Ha Ha Comedy Club in uh, North Hollywood. Woo. And it was terrific. And Clifford did not have an easy go of it because the comic before you was he was a guy who was in his mid-twenties and he was yelling at the audience. Mr. Exploding Punchline. Yeah, he was a yeller and he was a kind of guy who didn't really seem to be doing it for the audience's sake. It was more like a catharsis thing for himself. Yeah. Versus you are talking about stuff that everybody can relate to. Even though your specifics are obviously unique, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, you you clearly have a good, uh, clear eye of what you're doing with it. Yeah, and that's why, like, you'll see, because uh, you've seen me, go, like, dip my toe into I, like, mentioned Bruce Jenner. Yeah. I got to tell you, there's some of my learned after that day where okay. I didn't feel that I had said anything wrong at all. Yeah. But I felt like I had opened the floor for people who don't necessarily have great, aren't really coming from a real great place and don't really think that much about what what they were saying. I don't know. I just feel like I, after me, all of a sudden everyone had a Bruce Jenner joke. Uh-huh. And I was like, do I really want to be the person that initiates this kind of conversation? Because I don't mind saying my joke because I know that I'm like, I don't know. It might be offensive, yeah. but I'm like, I'm trusting that people will understand. Yeah. But now I've just made it so now every like four other guys get up and they're going on and well, maybe I mean, not being that tactful with it. And I'm like, there's a little bit of responsibility. And We can see where you're coming from, though. I mean, it's not just two seconds of whatever you want to cherry pick. It's what's the overall message. And obviously yeah. context is, is important. It's, it's the key. And, you know... Frankly, I think we can all pick on that person. I think we can all pick on Caitlyn Jenner. They're a ridiculous human. Because they're running. She's running for the governor of California, and it's a waste of two hundred million taxpayer dollars. That money could be putting people in houses. It could be feeding people. Two hundred million dollars is a lot of fucking money for something that's kind of insane and just going to be used to distract us. Absolutely, it is not at it's all. It's like Trump. It's the same thing. Whatever Trump is, but it's the mini local version. That's right. To keep us insane here in it's, LA. It's like, a uh, it's a conservative sideshow. It's a Republican sideshow. The Democrats aren't doing it. And it's going to make people who are who are hateful. Yeah. They're going to hate L.A. Right. And now, like, you've got a whole army in Texas of people who are all riled up. Yeah. Like, wanting to say anything they want to say as comedians. And they're all shitting on L.A. Like, it's just interesting. Yeah. I think there's going to be a divide even deeper than we realize and on new levels. What I kind of look at it as, I just thought of this talking to you right now, but to me, it reminds me of like a bully, uh, like a, uh, an eight-year-old who's like a real mean-spirited kid, and he grabs a magnifying glass, and he's just trying to fry the ants. Like, he's not having any real impact on the ant colony. He's just doing it because he can, because he gets sick joy out of it. Yeah. And so I think the Republican Party is wanting to put a uh, microscope or a fucking magnifying yeah, glass yeah. in the state of California, well, because and, and we're, we're becoming a lightning rod. Yeah. Pleasure. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I think. I, I mean... Again, we we were talking earlier about trying to get apartments here and yeah. stuff. 
But, um, yeah, I'm wondering what kind of world they're setting up over here in L.A. It's, there's definitely a huge shift. It's, and no pun intended, transition. You know, there's definitely, um, we're definitely going to be looking at a different society in 10 years from now. It's much sooner, but in 10 years, we're really going to, we're going to be in a place where we look back and go, it seems like. That's, we're going to measure time pre-pandemic, yeah, well, post-pandemic. Frankly, yeah. I, I think you can point to a lot of doom and gloom. Climate change is the biggest among it. I mean, I talked to family and, or friends in Minnesota today. People on the East Coast, they're choking from all the smoke from out West. Thank goodness we're fine, but I think climate change is the worst thing. Um, there, there's droughts and floods and all this shit, uh, fires, but... I think it's going to be largely, besides climate change, things are in some ways going in the right direction to electrify cars, you know. The fucking amount of, I'm in Koreatown, and the amount of loud cars that wake me up because they're fucking exhaust. <laughs> they're doing that here um, when Natka, trust me. Oh, you don't think they... Well, I mean... There's ones that sound like gun... There's a new one that yeah. sounds like gunshots. It yeah. goes... Bah, bah, yeah, bah, yeah. Bah, and it sounds like... Guns are going off. Right. It's the most upsetting. It is so upsetting. You can be in the middle of meditating or, you know, doing whatever. I try to take a nap and, oh, the, and the fireworks that go off. So, uh, right outside my window, I think it, uh, I think it's a, a world where we're having to learn to be more considerate because there are more people. It's like, you know, if you're a fucking rancher and you got 10,000 acres, you can stick out your elbows, you can shoot wherever you want, but if you're in a society, in a city... You have to be mindful of people. But I also think that it's weird because the people who are maybe geared more towards not being mindful mm-hmm. have completely lost their mind. Yeah. At the haha, like a week ago, yeah. some guy just was j- started jacking off in the audience. Oh. And they talked about, the guy on stage was like, sigh, and was talking about it. And like playing down, and the, the, someone it? got it on film. Like I saw it on video. I'm like, was and it? then last night. Sorry, I but yeah. I just want to give you these two examples. Yeah. Last night, the Pacoima table. Yeah. That chick was sitting in his lap, and I kept watching his hands go down. Yeah. Like he was trying to rub her uh, crotch. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, and he and she kept going like, stop, wow. stop, wow. and he kept going to just. Finger his girlfriend towards the front of the room at a comedy club in public. So I think people are like becoming like disassociated, are kind of disassociating with how to think, behave. And like as a a society, we watch The Walking Dead and go, that could really happen. There's like a large number of people who have prepared for a zombie apocalypse. Right. Who believe it. So what I'm getting to is this: the animals. This uh, <laughs> there's been some weird relationships going on with humans and animals. There's like I saw this one thing that was interesting. This is the lightest of it all. Is they have those uh, little masks for your dogs now? Okay. They make those so your dog can be safe with uh, COVID and yeah. diseases and all the upcoming fires and all that stuff. And they're showing these 
dogs with these nylon crazy muzzles on their nose. And I'm just like, things are just getting so unnatural. Uh-huh. If there ever was such a thing, I don't know. But like, um, it's like they create this whole culture of people who are on psychedelics. It's like this MK... Ultra. MK Ultra, yeah. It's like that project where... And Charles Manson would use it on his followers and all this stuff. You get us all into this lame music, dance music, send us to festivals, give us sex and drugs, talk us into microdosing all day, and that's when you start feeding us, like, crazy ideas, things just coming in we're ripe for it and it's a whole society of people and then you got the one that came right out kind of right after with the whole uh, mumble rap soundcloud people all those kids got opioid addictions at like 16 17 18 years old and now they're like all almost 30 mm-hmm. and they're living in the street because mm-hmm. their parents couldn't stand living with with an opioid addict it's really hard it's really a hardcore insane lifestyle Hmm. so now you got all these people on the streets that are disappearing like soylent green you ever think it's weird all these uh homeless people are getting rid of and then all the new food stands that open up every time there's a new food stand the homeless people go missing from the nearby bridge (laughs) but um Anyways, what I'm saying is they're putting in all these bizarre new ideas, trying to just slip things un- into our minds, like in space travel. And then are we animals? Are we romantic with animals? I saw this this show. There was that weird little uh, Netflix show where the people start becoming half human, half animal all of a sudden. And... It's just really disturbing because you can see the romance bubbling up between characters. And you're like, why are you trying to thin this, the line between where human and animal end? And it's like, uh, they're selling all, I saw this one ad. I got it all on video. I was going to do a whole YouTube video on just this weird humans becoming the pets, animals things. Because there's like countless examples recently, especially on Netflix. They want you to become an animal. Um, there's the new dating show where I'm like, there. I saw an ad for it, and you've got these two. One person's like a wolf, and the other one's like a zebra, and they're sitting there and they're going on blind dates with these animal, creepy animal mascot. Um, yeah, there's just so many fun things, and I saw another ad for the, the at-home version where you. You can wear it at home, and the little mouth moves. So you can look like a Labrador. Wow. You got BoJack Horseman. Mm-hmm. And I blame uh, Family Guy for where it started. Because I would always get uncomfortable when the dog would be having sex with humans. Uh-huh. And they always, like, talk and acknowledged it just enough to where, no, this is definitely bestiality. Right. Oh, that's, no, that is what's happening. Ha, ha, ha. Right. Start laughing. And now all of a sudden I'm watching dating shows with like two human dogs like sitting across from each other. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think they're slipping in just bizarre concepts. And when you say they, is it the Illuminati? It's whoever has money. Yeah. Whoever has the most money has, has access to the information Mm -hmm. that would be, uh, 
used to to control us. I mean, it. The, why would they not use information that's just right there for them? That they did all the research. They know how sociopaths work. They they studied. Do you think they were studying serial killers just for science? It well, it was for science, but um, it was made. I, I don't know. A lot of it seems like it could be used. That's how. I feel like I'm in the car with Jeffrey Dahmer and he reaches over and just smacks you out of the blue and the girl's like, doesn't know what to do and the normal person would go, I need to jump out this car door. I need, this is an emergency right now. It's an emergency. But he's so, he can get in their head so well. He had them scared to, to be worried and all the girl wanted to do, the one that survived said, she wanted to, uh, I might have got the wrong serial killer, but all she wanted to do was, like, make sure she thought she was doing something wrong in the heat of the moment, and that's how they get you. Uh-huh. So, knowing all that stuff, all the years of research, Project Mockingbird, all the all those things where they get everyone to say the same things, that's all used for something. I don't know Project Mockingbird, what's you that? Check it out. It's, um... But as soon as entered, as soon as the TV came out yeah. and news started happening, it was mainly first of all all of those news, all those stations were bought by ex-military people, hmm. turned, um, you know, media moguls. Yeah. And um, anyway, so what they would do is they would have everybody and every news source say the wrong thing and they would see if they can get people to believe things if they heard it enough on TV and obviously especially that early in the game people were like yeah. That's why you guys could sit there and make everything aliens were invading the earth right? as a show and everyone was like ah people were like jumping out of buildings yeah Yeah. (laughs) so um Anyways, I don't know. I think, um, I think, in a lot of ways, our culture is becoming very strange and, you could say, decadent. Certainly, I mean, we've every fucking need is catered to. We have everything delivered. Uh, you know, we just fucking discard the trash, and our waters are polluted. Uh, drinking water is polluted with stuff like Forever Chemicals, PFAS, and uh, there's there's a lot of bad stuff out there. Um, I don't know if if the government, if uh, people with money want us to be uh, in bestial relationships, I'm not sure if that's a goal. Well, but I think you can look for evidence of a lot of things, and and I have to. Well, they don't believe in the Bible anymore, so you can't really tell people like, um, like when it was in the Bible about not laying with other men. Right. That whole that was only written in there. Um, because they wanted the Roman soldiers to save their jizz so they could build their army up hmm. because they were running low on soldiers. So they were like, men shouldn't lay with other men. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's where that, that's the only mention of the whole damn thing. It's not like, and you shouldn't even like, don't even go to like chick flicks. Don't even, don't even tamper with scones. Right. There's nothing about anything else in the Bible, but uh, but um. Anyways, I guess I'm saying they uh, they can't get us to to stop producing 
people. Yeah, and they're like, we, they're not going to buy it if we say God's telling them to do it to right. produce a bigger army. Let's just try to turn down and mute their sexuality. Well, well, now it, it seems so. Back in the day, they didn't want. It, I, I don't know this theory, but it sounds plausible that you know there were, uh, if if guys in the Roman army were having sex with each other, they're not going to be as committed to fighting or whatever, or they might be too emotional or attached if somebody gets killed. Uh, they won't stay on their post. Guys, get off. We need to eat it. And now you're saying that they want us to be in uh, LGBT and and uh, animal relationships because there's too many No, people. I oh. didn't say... L- I wasn't... Oh, I no, don't No, my only... I was saying that they're trying to get people not to populate. I'm not saying sure, that they're... Sure. No, no, I'm not saying... I'm not mixing that into it. Mm-hmm. I'm saying... When I say mute sexuality, um, I'm talking to the fact that they're saying that there's a lot of kids where their priority is non-sexual. Mm-hmm. It's gone down, the amount of... Yeah. Of uh, sexual relationships. And if they do studies, like, talking to people, they're... It's like, it, yeah, that's what I, I don't know, that's what I've heard. So I was like, oh, if they're trying to mute that. And I know that if you're, uh, a lot of these drugs, they don't really get you bone, you know, you're not doing. Although there's this drug out of Syria I just heard about today. Have you heard about this? It's like an aphrodisiac It's going to be called something great. Oh, it's a crazy name, I forget. It's but gonna be the whole like... Syrian government is basically, it's their number one export by like 30 times. And it's dick stuff? It is like a party drug. And it's been all over the world. It's been in Europe. It's been in Asia. And they make it in Syria. And that's how the regime keeps going there. That's how Bashar al-Assad is staying. Yeah, there. that's how business gets done. Yeah. You gotta get business done one way or another. We gotta find ways to distract people. You gotta get people just... And I'm saying it's not... Maybe it's not to depopulate the earth or anything. It's just to keep people distracted. Uh-huh. And keep a conversation. Like, imagine now if everyone's gotta talk about... The like, oh, we're becoming. Are yeah. we? We're. What are we really? But animals. I mean, we believe in evolution, so why wouldn't you have sex with an animal? I mean, sure. It's not necessary. I mean, I. I'm just saying the step. You know how you go out because I've done. I've done psychedelic. I know psychedelics well, mm-hmm. and I'm just saying I could easily see how you get stuck on some some odd thought and you, you can start believing it well if anything i've had to cut myself off and i don't know you're, you're if i may I, I think this theory seems a little bit almost self-defeating because i think we may be looking for nar- narratives too much and that fooled by random this book i did the audiobook it, it, it people have a built-in mechanism where we as animals we love stories we met remember stories we look for stories we look for attributing cause and effect but sometimes it's just random you know and there's a lot more to that in terms of the complexity but the point is if Jeff Bezos doesn't have time for random well if they want us to be uh, distracted why wouldn't why would they and, and not seeing these patterns why would we have legalization of all these drugs which make people see more patterns and make people more conspiratorial no well they're they want them to be conspiratorial because that's that's the conversation. That's the distraction. Because most people don't know enough to put together a conspiracy or to even properly receive a conspiracy. Yeah. If most people will hear about something and they know one 
segment now, and they go, from what I know of history, that doesn't that doesn't seem right. Well, are you gonna go and study for you? I mean, my dad's a historian, so I I'm horrible at remembering names, dates, and places. Mm-hmm. I remember the story as well, yeah. and I know. Okay, I watched like they used to send you these blocks of. Uh, VHS tapes, uh-huh. like when you get the Ken Burns, right? And it would be like it would like be like a whole picture when you get the whole collection. Yeah. And so we had we had all those, and I we would just sit there at night and watch with my dad. And so you just watch how the world kind of got put together, and and how it starts, and that there's always whether it's. Whether there's no money in the world and it gets down to apples, trading your apples for someone else's produce, it always gets, it always turns evil. Because it'll only take a matter of time before cow guy comes around and goes, I got steak over here and you're going to give me nine bushels of apples? I'm never going to be able to eat all these apples. Fuck you. Come at me something else. So now this guy who wants steak or wants yeah wants steak or cow a cow he's got to go around to the peach guy to the cobbler to he's got to run around spend his entire day gathering stuff oh well guess what let's just you can do that stuff in your spare time and get a chip and you can use this chip anywhere it always comes back to this and somebody, cow guy, has the most chips now because I had a, the whole town running around trying to get his cow, and he hired some person to take care of his cow. It no matter how simple it starts, if if the attitude isn't right, it always somebody. It's that's human nature more so than developing a story. You know, storytellers came along, but only after society started coming together and people were evolving into a place to talk people, the biggest guys hitting people over the head the cow guy did come along and activated people's brains in ways they've never been helping their brains to evolve so those events did happen so you could, could start at the beginning I gotta say I'm a little lost but you little last. I, I know that people can be bad, but also people can be magnanimous. I don't know. Yeah, no, but it's true. People do do look for a story, but a lot of stupid people. Like that's why I stand by that not everyone in the world needs an opinion. Sure. You, you know, and I, even myself included. That's why I keep mine obscure mm-hmm. and do weird things mm-hmm. because that's where my world is. I'm just sitting around. Putting stuff together. I'm not really trying to teach the world. or Because I figure um, if you're doing it right, you should look back and think, I'm so embarrassed of myself a year ago and my beliefs and thoughts. Sure. Not, and not to the core, but just with some general thing you were all worked up about and like we're really... Yeah. You know, sometimes I'm like, you know, I've caught myself too many times in life thinking I've got it. Right. Well, just for just backing up for a second, what better philosophy for the uh, powerful and rich than oh, not everybody needs an opinion, right? I mean, that sounds like a rich person. 
No, that sounds like somebody trying to calm the crowd down so we can all stop pushing against the one exit when you're supposed to pull. Uh-huh. But I've got 9,000 fucking morons behind me all going, No, it's that way! It's that way! And the building's on fire. It's like, guys, stop! Stop! I'm trying to figure out how do we stop? Stop it! And listen. Everyone just listen. Yeah. There is something right. We don't have to die here. There's, I always think back to that as an example of pure chaos. Right. They always talk about that wedding where they're at the church and it and it and everyone died because the place started going on fire and they're all trying to push and and everyone's scrambling and then most just about everyone died there. And it's like because they couldn't get it together to stop scrambling. Sure. And, like, pay attention. So, I don't know. To, to me, I'm not. I'm trying to just say, guys, maybe we need to just go on more walks. Sure. And, and not worry about getting late. Sure. And I think that's to tie it all in, really, is when you're on your walk, don't be trying to get laid the whole time. Maybe yeah. you need to take a break and just listen to the birds for a minute. Because um, I know taking care of these plants out here at yeah. this house... That's like taught me almost everything I need to know about nurturing, about how you can make things strong and it didn't require your mouth at all. It didn't require anything other than being caring. And that's all this thing needed from you and it's flourishing and it's giving you shade and it's making your life wonderful. But um, it's probably got to be that time. Uh, we have a little. I, I can oh, leave you those good? ten minutes. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess from my apples thing is there's. I don't think that it's necessary that people have to be evil. Yeah. I just know that there's a lot of information and a lot of studies and a lot of Facebook surveys mm-hmm. um, used to capture every piece of knowledge they can about us. Sure. And. Um, we've had, you know, there's always been magicians and there's always been masters of illusion Mm -hmm. and those tricks aren't mysteries. And, um, I believe that it would be foolish almost even of these people. I mean, we would have to believe they're just incredibly good people. The people who have all the money in the world. Um, but I believe there's hope. I think we just need to get through these growing pains. Yeah. We're going through a very uncomfortable time. Yeah. And I just don't want to see that world involve us all living in little, like, cubes. Sure. You know, and being like, let's just keep scaring them back in, make the world too dangerous a little bit of it at a time, yeah. you know? And then people will just kind of not want to, and we'll get more targets closer to them, and build more apartment buildings across from malls. And, mm-hmm. like, every mall will have, like, a be encircled by apartments. Yeah. And when we run out of room there, we'll just build on top of the top level of the mall and sure. build more apartments. And let's and these people can all live full lives. They can meet people, start families, they can deliver food to each other for work, all cook for each other, make videos for each other. Every fucking person has a show. You can have put on you know, you would have like very contained little World, and I don't know that there's anything wrong with it, but it'll be interesting. Yeah. Because we would cut down on gas. Sure. If we've learned anything from this, we know that we our environment did better 
without us commuting so sure. far and mm -hmm. um, doing stuff from home. We're using less resources and yeah. If we just talk, think about land usage, you know, if everybody were to find a good uh, plant-based diet, you know, we could save like seventy-five percent of all human land. And you can have, you can go places though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could live, we could live in a lot more land because we yeah, have cause farmland. Most most land that humans occupy is farmland for animal feed. That's the vast majority of it. That's why I like that one thing Killer Mike was saying here uh, about. People calling for change yeah. and calling for um, things, the end of things, yeah. and all that. Um, it's you got to know if you want all the cop, you want to get rid of the cops. You ha yourself have to be ready to go and protect your neighborhood. Yeah, are you gonna go next door when Jimmy's beating his wife again mm -hmm. and she needs help? Can she call you? Mm -hmm. But you don't want anyone else to help either. Yeah. How does that society function? Oh, you hate fast food and big business? You yep. hate all of that? Do you know how to grow anything? Right. Do you know how to build? He did a really interesting lesson where he was talking about teaching kids instead of like history and all that stuff. You teach them more about like how to fix doorknobs and yeah. how to replace things and how to use a screw, use some tools and how to do things that where you can have a real trade. Mm -hmm. Somewhere a long time ago, people started having respect for like plumbers. And right. I went, my buddy's a plumber. I went to his house in Calabasas and it's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's the guy's cleaning your shit out. Yeah. You make good money. You make good money in construction and knowing how to do stuff and the more we rely on other people to do things, the more that's going to get fed to us. They'll be like, well, maybe we need robots at the job site. Right. And then you won't be able to fix your doorknob, and you'll have to have a... It'll all be left to other people. And, um, yeah, just anything. We don't know how to build... You know, you got to be ready to throw your cell phone out and or get together and start your own cell phone company. You don't know how to do any of the things that your society would need. Right. Society would crumble immediately. Everyone would starve for if ever if the changes you were asking for actually happened. Sure. It, it would become a wasteland. We're highly, highly specialized, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. We've become very pampered. Yeah. Very cozy. Mm -hmm. Um... Well, I don't know whether we end up in cubes or not. I'm down for it. I'm just down. Then the, there's an old monk. The, the monks used to say, um, may you live in interesting times. Hmm. And it doesn't really... I feel like this is about as interesting as it gets. Yeah. I hope it calms down. I mean, I guess this it's, is as interesting as it gets because never before have have like bizarre things been close... Yeah. So close to really happening... Yeah. With technology and like Bezos launching. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, fragility in the world in terms of the systems and, and all that. We saw that with the pandemic. Things were very fragile. Yeah. We couldn't buy a lot of things. Grocery stores emptied out. And they set things up now, like long term. Like, this is. We need to pretend this may happen for a lot longer. Yeah. Be permanent. Well, we need redundancies, we need robustness, and we need anti-fragile stuff. So things that actually respond well to stressors. Like if you cut down a banana tree, it produces more bananas. That's anti-fragile. 
It's the opposite. I of like it. that. It's an opposite of a person. And you're exercising while you do it. Yeah, you're which is anti-fragile. Your body, through stress, gets stronger. Your bones, if you never walked in your life, if you only swam and biked, your bones would be brittle like a bird. If you run and lift weights, your bones get stronger. They're anti-fragile. We need to be less fragile in a lot of ways. Yeah, I... I, uh, oh, we're coming in and in. Look. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much. Hey, love you guys. Everybody, thank don't. Thank you, Clifford. Let's be less fragile. Yeah, love you.